0: Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus.
1: I don't even know what that means. What does that even mean? It means I don't like to brag. Okay, okay. There's nothing to brag about. Just 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 tell them about Felix.
2: Okay, well, um, it was just another day, nothing unusual about it.
1: Just skip all that and tell them about
2: Felix. Well, I can't skip all that. Details are important in the story. Yeah,
1: the only important detail in the story is how God used our little Felix.
2: (laughs) I'm pretty sure that history is going to find everything else more important in this story.
1: (sighs) Jesus rode on our donkey Felix into Jerusalem.
2: (laughs) It's true. He did. He did. Okay, so I was sitting there one day, mending your temple garment.
1: I'm always tripping over that thing.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's clumsy, <laughs> but he's my clumsy. So I'm sitting there sewing, and I look out the window, and I see these two guys, and they're untying Felix.
1: Yeah, we, we generally keep them tied to the fence in the daytime, so we don't have to shut the gate, you know, when we come in and out, in case we want to take him someplace. We're sharing the details now. Sorry. Okay. <laughs>
2: So um, I come running outside, and I said, "Hey there, fellas! Just, just what do you think
1: you're doing?"
0: <laughs> hey there, fellas!
1: <laughs> She's a tough cookie, this one, huh?
2: <laughs> Pretty tough. And all they said was, uh, "The Lord needs it." That's it. No explanation. No, no, we'll bring him back. No, how much do you want for him? Just. The Lord needs it.
1: So I come home from work and I notice that Felix is missing.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to break the news to him that I let some strangers take our donkey.
1: And that's when we heard all the shouting. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, and, and we rush to the door and, and we go outside and, and we just see throngs of people lining the streets.
2: And they're, all, they're waving their branches mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. saying, Hosanna. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.
1: And guess who is right in the middle of all of it? Jesus. Felix. What? Well, he, he, he was. I mean, he was just so proud of our Felix. I mean, God used Felix to carry Jesus in the Messiah parade. I'm proud of this woman right here because we got to be used by God that day. Because you said yes. You said yes when everybody else would have said no.
2: By the way, Jesus gave Felix back. Ah,
1: yeah, he did. <laughs> hmm. Jesus also borrowed a tomb later that week. He gave that back too.
0: You said yes when everyone else would say no. I always think on the journey to Easter, the procurement of a donkey for Jesus is one of the more unique and interesting stories. Some disciples who said yes when maybe other people would say no to go get the donkey. Some bystanders uh, who are witnessing like this donkey jacking taking place. And uh, they say, sure, go ahead and take him when everyone else would have said no. Have you ever been there? There's something the Holy Spirit's just nudging or asking you to do. And you say Yes. Uh, it might not be something you want to do. It, it might not make any sense to you. Uh, you're so busy. I mean, the list of excuses could be long, but you say yes when other people would say no. And, and there's a tension in there. It, tension in there isn't there. There's a tension of, you know, well, well, what will other people think? Or what will other people say? What if this just goes Sideways. Uh, What if this wasn't really like God speaking? What if I'm just like going off on like some kind of a fantasy quest? What if I'm saying yes to the wrong stuff, but you say yes anyways because the Holy Spirit is leading, is nudging, is moving you in that direction? So let's revisit a story that might be familiar to a number of you. Uh, It's on the journey to Easter. Jesus is on his way into Jerusalem. Uh, He's only about two miles out, and he's going in. He knows what is coming his way. He understands what is going to happen. He's been clear with it, with his disciples, with his closest followers. He knows what to expect. Let's join the story. Mark chapter 11. So Jesus sent two of his disciples. He sent two of them, one ahead. And this is his instruction. Go into that village over there, he told them. And as soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. Now, now let's just be clear. Um, This was no more normal in that culture 2,000 years ago than it would be normal in our culture today. If I said to you, hey, why don't you just go down local Ford Diller, Uh, there's going to be a pickup truck there. Less than two miles in the odometer. It's not being used like at all. And I want you to hotwire it and bring it back to me. And if anybody says, hey, what are you doing? Just say Pastor Doug needs it and they'll let you take it. And and that's just like a horrible analogy on on so many levels, right? Uh, Because one, I'm not Jesus. And two, like a Ford would be like my third choice, right? (laughs) Um, But but what would you do? What would you do if Jesus was walking on earth with you and, and he gave you that kind of a request? Would you go down to the local car dealer? Would you be afraid of the repercussions that could come your way? Would you walk in obedience or would you have some different things that you'd like to say or that you would like to ask? Jesus is asking his disciples to borrow a donkey. This is a donkey jacking that is taking place. And what surprises me most is how these two disciples respond. Let's continue the story. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, saw some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying that colt? Well, they said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Now, I'd love to know which two disciples this was, right? But what amazes me the most is that they just, like, obey Jesus. These two disciples, they are like early adopters of the non-yet-existing Nike slogan. They just go and they just do it. And from what we see, there's no discussion, there's no questions. They just obey Jesus. There's no like, well, Jesus, what about this? Or Jesus, you know, um, I'm a little busy today. Jesus, how about some of those other disciples? I mean, come on, donkey jacking isn't my spiritual gift. It's not my passion. I don't feel well equipped. I think somebody else could do it in place of me. Now, last week we talked about how sometimes it seems like the disciples just weren't really listening to Jesus. But man, these two disciples, they get it. They do it. They obey Jesus. Now, we don't know what was going on in their minds, right? Perhaps on their way into town, they're like praying, please don't let there be a donkey. Please don't let there be a donkey. Uh, maybe they're at a the distance, and one of them says, I think that's a donkey. And they're like, I don't see a donkey. I don't see a donkey anywhere, right? We don't know what exactly was going through their minds, but we do know that they obeyed. These true disciples. They got it. They understand that a true king, a true king demands loyalty. A a true king demands obedience. And they were starting to see Jesus as their king. And a true king isn't like, you know what? You just choose to obey when you want to obey. You choose to disobey when you want to disobey. It doesn't matter to me. A true king doesn't say, hey, you can follow me some of the times, but some of the times you just go and do your own way. You don't need to always follow me. It's all good. A true king doesn't say you get to pick and choose what you want to do and what you don't want to do. You, don't get, you can just sort of choose if you want to be loyal to me or don't be loyal to me. Those aren't things that a true king says. And when that kind of a shift happens in your life or in my life, when we begin to understand and see Jesus not simply as our Savior, but as our Lord and our King, what we choose to do and what we choose to not do throughout our life, we begin to see it in a very different light. And come on, let's be honest. We would all like to pick and choose, right? We'd all like to pick and choose rules in our life, whether they're like just normal everyday rules or God's list of things that he wants us to live by. Hey, officer, I know, I was doing like 90 in a school zone, but it was like my choice. And in case you didn't figure out in a bit of a rush, just let me go on my way. It's April 18th. I don't feel like paying my taxes this year. So I'm going to choose not to pay my taxes, and there's not going to be any consequences because it's my choice. Hey, that do not commit adultery thing, that applies to you, but that doesn't apply to me. That whole uh, have no idols, uh, put no other gods before me, yeah, that, that, that's, I just don't want to do that. I choose to pledge my allegiance to something else before God. God's like a distant second or third, and because it was my choice, there's going to be no consequences. That whole serve one another thing that Jesus talks about again and again, that applies to you. That doesn't apply to me. It's my choice choice. And isn't it true that often we think our, our quality of life, our quality of living, we think it would be so much better if we could just pick and choose what we want to do, when we want to do it, what we want to obey, what we want to disobey, when we want to be loyal, when we want to be disloyal, and there'd be no consequences. We often forget that God has in mind for us what is best for us even if we don't always see it or understand it, and even when we don't always agree with it. And part of the journey of discipleship is coming to understand and see Jesus as king and that a true king demands loyalty. true king demands loyalty. Have you ever noticed throughout Scripture that obedience precedes blessing in God's kingdom? I mean, there's so many different ways. There's so many of the if you... Then I'll statements that God makes. Sometimes it's like the oddest things, right? Like Jesus, like, you know, hey, spit in some dirt, make some mud, put it in your eyes. Makes no sense. Be obedient. And then your sight's restored. Here's one of those if then statements from the old covenant. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then I will hear from heaven and will heal their land. Obedience precedes blessing in God's kingdom. How about one from the new covenant, from the New Testament? If, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. But if, if we claim that we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word has no place in our lives. If, then. If we, then God. If you, then God. If I, then God obedience precedes blessing in God's kingdom. And if we're being real and honest with one another, we could call one another out or we could just simply admit that we want it the other way, don't we? We want God's blessing and then we'll be obedient. If God does this, then I'll do this. It just doesn't work. That's not the way it works in God's kingdom. We want relationships of depth and intimacy. But we don't want all of those serve one another's, love one another, encourage one another's, care for one another's. We want forgiveness and reconciliation without confession, repentance or admitting that we messed up our sin or that we did something that was wrong. But We want to see Jesus worshipped, but we don't want to go untie that donkey. We don't want to have those awkward spiritual conversations with other people. We want to bring some of heaven to earth, but not if it's going to cost me. you've been paying attention at all to the news, you know what's going on in Ukraine. And for so many of you, your heart is just breaking. And for the people that are leaving their country and having their country torn apart, there's an organization uh, that Denise and I partner with. It's one of the Jesus centered organizations that's in our will it's a21.org it's christine's cane organization it's designed to help and bring people out of sex trafficking and human trafficking but they have this great network of churches set up across eastern europe and they are so poised for just a time like this to be able to help those who are fleeing their homeland of ukraine Denise and I were talking. She's like, I think we should give some. And I think you're right. I said, go ahead and make a donation. And Denise is always more generous than I am. Always. I think it's because I'm the one that pays the bills and handles the finances. Maybe they're connected. Maybe they're not. So without giving a dollar amount, I always know how it's going to work. I have a figure in my mind. Denise will give double. It's just that straightforward. And he says, hey, did you send the email I sent you? I made that donation. I'm like, no, I didn't. What'd you give? And she told me. And the way that I responded wasn't the most Jesus-like in that moment. It was like a bad 90 seconds of Doug. Like, like she didn't like double it. She like five times like the amount that I had in my head. <laughs> but isn't it true that if we want to bring a little bit of heaven to earth, We want to provide peace for those whose world is being turned upside down and torn apart. It's going to take some expense on our part. In the beginning, in announcements, announcement, you heard Pastor Ryan talking about how we're collecting these kits that are going to be sent over for those in need, for those that are being pushed out of their homeland so they are well taken care of. And if we want people fleeing their homeland to be cared for and provided for it takes something on our part if we want to bring a bit of kingdom of heaven to earth there's some things that you and i need to do our part it's the things that we do first that god chooses to bless obedience proceeds blessing. Two disciples, they, they were obedient. They bring the donkey back to Jesus. And you just have to wonder how often uh, in the years that pass by do, do the disciples, these two, just tell the story over and over again? Jesus said, Walk in the town, there would be a donkey, as sure up there was. Jesus said, If somebody tells you to stop what you're doing and you just say this, and they'll let you take the donkey. And they did. But those great Jesus stories of obedience. They are worth telling over and over. Verse 7, the story continues. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and they threw their garments over it and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. And Jesus was in the center of the procession. Now remember, Jesus knows what he is riding into. Jesus knows what he is entering into. He knows what to expect. He's coming as the prince of peace. He's choosing to ride on a donkey, not a stallion. He isn't entering Jerusalem as a warrior king, but as a peacemaker. But the crowd around him man, they had a whole different set of expectations. They were a people in captivity. They were under Roman occupation. They had very limited control in their own life. And there's a strong animosity against Rome. And this weekend, it was Passover weekend. It is one of the three big fe- three. Feast for the Jewish people. And it is like 1,446 years earlier. God had come through in some miraculous ways and had just sort of decimated the world superpower of the time, Egypt, and brought his people, the Israelites, out of captivity. And they're celebrating this weekend, the Passover. And this little city of Jerusalem like swells to three million people as all of these Jews are sort of going back to their Mecca to celebrate and to give thanks. The place is packed. They're there to celebrate. I mean, this is their 4th of July. There's this incredible sense of patriotism. And they've all heard the Jesus story. He's given the blind their sight. He's walked on water. He's raised someone from the dead. And he has a following. They're thinking this is our guy. This is the right person, the right time, the right place to start the rebellion, to lead us into freedom, to restore god's nation god's people this is what they said jesus who was in the center of the procession the people around him were shouting praise god blessings on the one who comes in the name of the lord blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor david praise god in the highest heaven they're praising jesus but they have a very different set of expectations. They were expecting the start of a rebellion. Jesus was expecting to be arrested, tortured, and murdered. They were expecting to break free from the bondage of Rome. Jesus was expecting to break them free from the bondage of sin. They were expecting a warrior king. And Jesus was expecting to be the prince of peace. Expectations. We all have them. The people of Jesus' day had them. But he was doing something so much better. Doing something so much bigger. Doing something so much greater that they couldn't even see it or begin to understand it. They knew what they wanted, but Jesus was doing something else. And we all have expectations from God. And there are times where our expectations and then what God does are totally different. And on the journey to Easter, we come to understand like the disciples and the early followers of Jesus, that our king will hear our expectations, not give in to them. Come on, we know what God can do. We know what God has done, and we want like God's power in every situation in our lives. And we have these expectations, and frustration comes our way when God doesn't meet our expectations. I wanted to be healed but I don't even have a diagnosis yet. I wanted God's provision, but I don't even know how I'm going to pay the bills. I wanted reconciliation in that relationship, but they won't even talk to me. I wanted you fill in the blank, but God didn't. You fill in the blank. And frustrations come from unmet expectations. In Luke chapter 24, on the road to Emmaus, there's two disciples, Jesus has been murdered, and they're expecting him to stay dead. And Jesus appears in a form, they don't recognize Jesus initially, and he's asking them, "Hey, what's going on? What is, what's everybody talking about? Why are you so sad?" And this is how the disciples answer him, "We had hoped." Do you hear their expectations? I mean, this is hope in the past tense. We had hoped he was the Messiah who would come to rescue Israel. We had expectations, and our expectations were not met. We had hope. I really thought God was going to come through this time. And Jesus is like, you really haven't been listening. I'm not coming on that stallion. I'm not, I'm not coming as a warrior. I'm riding on a donkey. I'm on a mission of peace. And the way that I do things won't always make sense to you. You won't always see the bigger picture. And the way that I choose to sometimes use my power and withhold my power, you won't always agree with. And you won't always understand, but have no doubt. I'm at work, and I am the king that was promised. And the work that I'm doing, it's for you, and it's for the world. And they often won't recognize it, and they often won't accept it, but I'm reconciling humanity with their creator. I'm busting the gates wide open for sons and daughters to be reconnected and reconciled with their Heavenly Father. And yes, there are things in this world and in your life that aren't going the way that you want them to. But I'm asking you. I'm asking you to join me in the work that I'm doing, not expecting me to join you in the work that you want me to do. Because that's not how a true king operates. Do you have some unmet expectations in your life? There are some things that maybe you've been wrestling with with God that have led to frustration. It's a time to just yield. To just simply say, God, you're God and I'm not. There are things that you are doing that I cannot see. There are things that you are doing that I cannot understand, but you are my king. I kneel before you and before you alone. When you choose to use your power, when you choose to withhold your power, I don't have to agree. I don't have to understand because you are God and you are my king. If you want to respond to today's message on your connection card whether you're online or in person it, it's just a prayer and it reads like this father may i be found faithful in following you in obedience i want to be honest about my expectations and frustrations but at the end of the day i acknowledge that you are my king and that you know best it's a short prayer the boy, is that powerful to acknowledge that what I think is best and what God thinks is best do not always align. But he is God, and I am not. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the story of you riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Thank you for the obedience of those two disciples. May may we learn and live out what it means to obey you, even with the things that we don't fully understand or uh, agree with. And Father, we acknowledge that there are times where we have expectations for you. And when those expectations go unmet, it can lead to frustration, which causes a distance in our relationship with you. So, Father, we thank you that you are always glad to hear our frustrations. You're always glad to hear about our expectations. But that doesn't mean that you always fulfill each and every one of them. So may we join you in the work that you are doing instead of always asking you to join us in what we are doing may we follow you as our savior as our lord as our king may we kneel before you and you alone may you be central and first in our lives as we journey to easter may you draw us closer and closer into that loving and intimate relationship with you our heavenly father because of the great work that you have done through your son jesus christ we pray in his name Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's C-R-B-I-C dot